Tito's and Shiner Gonna be an all-nighter And I just might find her At the Whataburger line Dance halls and women But man, I'm wishing That I was fishing by the river Howdy, 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 everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Texas, the show about some things, Texas. And some things not. We've got a really fun episode in store for you, as we always do. But first, as always, your favorite segment and ours, our not sponsors. Not sponsors. They do not sponsor us whatsoever. We get no money from them or anybody else. No money, no money, no cloud. The Texas Podcast. Seth, <laughs> who is our first not sponsor? Our first not sponsor of the day is going to Grandma's house. Going to Grandma's house. Have you spent a lot of time trying to lose some weight and look good? Too bad. Going Going to Grandma's grandma's house. Are you obligated to stop over no matter what? Even if you're just passing through to get somewhere else that really you should be anyway, but you know that you're going to get a lot of guilt around the holidays if you don't stop? Going Going to Grandma's house. house. Have they already texted you with that green text bubble that, when are you leaving? When are you getting here? What's your ETA? Have you left yet? Do you have gas? Do you want cookies? I made cookies. (laughs) Going Going to to Grandma's house. house. I want to go to Grandma's house. I'm jealous. Dude, I'm so excited. Seth to go is to going grandma's to Grandma's house. house I'm, to grandma's I'm house. jealous. I love Grandma. 31 years old and going to Grandma's house. <laughs> what are the odds you get on a dating app while you're in San Angelo? Zero. Like, no chance at There's all. There's no chance. They're not. I don't have any on my phone. They're they're not downloaded. I'm, I'm in. Just, come on. Do you want me to do it for the pod? For the pod. For the pod. I mean, you could get nothing out of it. I mean, what what would the what would the purpose be? To see what's out there. To see what's out there and in San Angelo. One exactly, and once they go to bed, sure. Just see just see what happens. See what happens for my for our all right. Our other not sponsor. <laughs> our other not sponsor <laughs> is social scientist. Social, social scientist. Are you most likely autistic and horrible at interacting with people in re- in the real world? Social scientist. Trying to quantify something that you can just feel by logic and ration. Social scientist. How in the world is this a science? You either talk to people or you don't. Social scientist. Trying to quantify human behavior since 1969. <laughs> Social scientist. White people are relying on them to tell them they're racist since 2005. Social scientist. It's called flirting, you tool. <laughs> Social scientist. <laughs> Skewing the data to make you feel bad. Social scientist. Everyone's racist. Social scientist. Gender is a construct. Social scientist. But race is not. Social scientist. I just, I had to. I had to. <laughs> I feel you. I was going to go there if you didn't. Yeah. That, by the, so we had a conversation with yeah. a person yesterday yes. who told us the story about taking this test that social scientists made. Yeah. Which, sta- I, which I actually have taken. IAT, right? Yes, the IAT. IAT test. And it was made by people at Stanford, yes. which if you look up Stanford and experiments, you're going to see some pretty messed up stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. There's a very famous one. I believe it's called The Prison Experiment. The Stanford Prison Experiment. <laughs> also a great movie. Great movie. Uh, but an even terrible weirder, experiment. A terrible experiment. And she explained that she had to take this test for this program she's in. And the test told her she was racist. But she told us how the... I can't hear anything in my headphones now. There you go. All right. All right thank you. Better. <laughs> that was just really weird. Um, and... 
She took this test and noticed that the questions were super skewed, as in she would see white faces and the questions were only like positive things you could think about the white face. And then an African-American or a person of color face would come up and it would only be negative things to associate with that face, like you think these things. And then the test told her she was racist and she had to take racism training. And she's talking about all this and you had already left the sauna. Already and left, then I yeah. asked her, is there a single person of color in your program? Yeah. And her answer was no. Of course there isn't. But then I asked, where is the program? And she said the University of Alabama. Or University of Alabama, Birmingham. Okay. Which isn't an HBCU, but I looked it up. Yeah. 83% of the student body is made up by persons of color. Yeah. But it was just very interesting, like, so you're in a program at a school that's predominantly POC, but there's only white people in your program, and they're telling you you're racist. Funny. Funny. Social sciences. Anyway. Not <laughs> sponsored. Not sponsored by social scientists. All right. Who, what happened one time in Texas history? Once upon a time in Texas history. Once upon a time. And I figured I'd bring this one up as a celebration of the kickoff of the NFL football season. NFL. Bum, 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 bum. Bum, 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 bum. Bum, bum, bum. So we're going to go all the way back to 19... 19- 72. 1972. Super Bowl six. Ooh. The first Dallas Cowboy victory. hey and their last one. Burn. <laughs> so the Dallas Cowboys played against the Miami Dolphins in Louisiana in 1972. In New Orleans, in right? New Orleans. Oh, okay. You yeah, said yeah. Louisiana like anywhere? In, okay. Yeah, was you in, know. Uh, yeah. Okay. In the Superdome, in the I'm Superdome. assuming. Yeah. Yeah. And they kicked the ever-living crap out Yet of Miami again, Dolphins. The last time they ever did that. 24-3. Wow. Quarterback at the time was Roger Staubach. Shouts out Staubach. Shouts out Staubach. It was Tulane Stadium, obviously. Nice. In New Orleans. And really, I just wanted to highlight that uh, Dallas didn't always suck. I just wanted to highlight that there was a time that when there Dallas was time. wasn't just a dumpster fire. I will say this. This was their second Super Bowl appearance. And entering the game, they had a reputation already of not being able to win big playoff games. Oh, it was already there. So it was so already it's historical. There. It's, it's funny historical how Jerry thing, Jones, yeah. I think, was the owner already. Um, um, I actually did not check that. I probably should. I, I don't know that. I said I think, but yeah. I just really quick. I, I it's funny how the Cowboys have kind of become a, a miniature model of how dysfunctional America can be when you leave it in the hands of old men. Yeah, because the Cowboys are in the hands of old men, and look what's happening. They just need to pull a Patagonia and sell it for climate change. Well, he gave it away. Right. Which, hot take, that was for PR. But anyway. Oh, dude. <laughs> do you really want to go into the not sponsor climate change? Because we can do that. I mean, we can try it. Let's, <laughs> go, let's chase the rabbit really quick. Let's chase the rabbit let's really, do it really quick. quick. All right, why not? Patagonia why not? makes Kevlar vests for police officers, by the way. Um, That's one of their two. So whenever you look into it, they started those two different companies. Yeah. Uh, they gave away the company, but it's a giant tax write-off for the guy who owned, who's a billionaire. Yeah, who's a billionaire. So he gets to write that off against yeah. his billions. Uh-huh. There's that pissed gr- him off. There's he, a- <laughs> he's pissed off by the billions. He's pissed off by the billions. In reality, Yvonne Gerard has done hey. a lot of good for Here, his company, what his I'm, employees, yes. for the local area in Patagonia. And it's like, a great case study uh, to run your company differently yeah. and show that there are a lot of different models you can use that are all successful. Yeah. 
Morning Brew had my favorite sketch about this, mm-hmm. where he's got the guy selling the company and his son, <laughs> and he's like, I'm selling it because I'm tired of these douchebag finance bros buying my vests. I don't want them to have them anymore. <laughs> I'm selling my company. And the son is like, he doesn't know what he's saying. He's very old. We're giving the company away for climate change. Yeah. I don't want any of these finance bros <laughs> to have, have these vests ever again. That's. I mean, that's uh, probably true in some ways, too. And I will say, this is a man who establishes values early and has always lived up to them. So honestly, I respect the move. And as a billionaire, has lived a very quiet life and a very humble, very, quiet, humble un- very by his principles. He has lived a principled life, and he believes in what he is doing. He absolutely does. And the only thing you and I cringe a little bit at is how blatantly calculated this is from a marketing PR standpoint. One, again, you know, history Patagonia. Yeah, one of their best ads they've ever run was yeah. don't buy this jacket one of the best ads and then people bought multiple of those jackets. Mm-hmm. there's it's, a there's a history of this they engine. run their business differently yes they execute their business the same way as all everybody else do. does it they just give a little more money to climate change than most businesses yeah and, and quite frankly the people who really live the lifestyle patagonia puts out there use like Different. Quicksilver, Billabong, North Face, yeah. Black Diamond, Cotopaxi. Pretty much anything but Patagonia. Yeah, honestly. Honestly. Um, but hey, at least the frat guys can still buy their hats. Guess who's never going to sponsor us now? Patagonia. Patagonia. All right. Who is our small town of the week? <laughs> our small town of the week is a small county, a uh, population about 2,000. That's a little bit bigger than I expected. Bell County. Ooh. Yeah. It's Troy, Texas. Troy, Texas. Notable and tying into our... Big event, you know, once upon a time in uh-huh. Texas history. Because at one point in time in the 1990s, Troy renamed itself Troy Aikman in honor of the Dallas Cowboys Super serious? Bowl winning quarterback. I am dead serious. Like for a day, their name was Troy Aikman. For a Texas? brief period in the 90s. I don't know how long. The, the full name of the town the was, full name of the Troy, was Troy Aikman, Aikman Texas. Texas. Like Troy Aikman, comma, mm-hmm. Texas. Yep. Wow. Yeah, 100%. Wow. That is uh, the only thing I wanted to talk about. They had to vote and, on that. Yeah, they had to vote on it. I just want it. to point out that oh, they, they had to vote on it and pass it. And then send documents mm-hmm. to the state showing. And I'm sure get clearance from Troy Aikman. Uh, prob- probably. I would assume. I would assume. Yeah, and I'm sure maybe he said, well, are you going to pay me for that? Because <laughs> that is name and likeness. History of the town. It was established as a railroad station uh, of the Missouri-Kansas-Texas Railroad in 1882. MKT, baby. Replaced an older village about two miles north of the current city, and uh, it was referred to as Old Troy. Old Troy. Originally, the new town was known as, get this, New Troy. New Troy. A weekly newspaper was established at Troy in 1892, and for uh, then it goes into naming the town Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman. All right. Yeah. D- does it say if Troy Aikman said anything, or does do you think he even it knows does, that no, this happened? There's no like, did he say anything? Yeah. Like, there's none of that. When did they change it back to just Troy? Uh, by the 2000s, it was back to just Troy. The <laughs> the city limits sign on I-35 reflected the name change for a while. God, that is wild. So they had to Man, change it back. Man, I wish they would have, when High School Musical was popular, gone with Troy Bolton, Texas. Just right? keep just keep the Troys. Whenever going. there's a famous Troy, just right. be that for yeah. yo. If you're if you're from Troy, Texas, and you're listening right now, find a famous Troy and rename your town again. I feel like if you live in Troy and you have a daughter, you're obligated to name her Helen. <laughs> Funny. Thanks. That, that's good. That's good. Appreciate that. Our, Speaking of famous people, 
Who is our Texas badass? Our Texas badass was a little famous as well, and it mm. actually fall. We must have been thinking the same things. Falls in line with football. Oh hey, NFL's back. College football's back. High school football in Texas is the biggest and best sports viewing experience you can possibly have. I guess I actually watched football really for the first like yeah. watched football this weekend. I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed, I enjoyed like an hour of it. But the people sure. who just watch it all day, two days in a row, it's like, you know, it's just a lot of whistle blowing and timeouts. You and know me, I've never understood getting behind a pro team and just like watching football and that being your thing. Yeah. People who get together and, and have like parties around it and get make it a social event. Yeah. Totally understand. For that. sure. But now you're talking about Burning Man. Anyway, <laughs> so. Only if we're talking about the Cowboys. Our Texas. <laughs> burn it down, honestly. <laughs> what if. <laughs> Uh, Jerry Jones went to Burning Man, dude. That anyway, that's a sketch. That's a sketch. All right, our Texas badass is Samuel Adrian Bow, born March seventeenth, nineteen fourteen, died December seventeenth, two thousand eight. He was an American professional football player and coach. During his college and professional careers, he was most notably quarterback, but also played safety and punter. He played college football for the Horn Frogs at Texas Christian University, where he was a twice All-American. And keep in mind, freshmen couldn't play on varsity, so he only had three years to make All-American, made it twice. He then played in the National Football League for the Washington Redskins from 1937 <laughs> to 1952. You mean at, Washington Football Club? The well, now they're the Washington Commanders, but at this time they were the other word. Mm -hmm. After his playing career, he served as a college football coach for Hardin Simmons University before coaching professionally for the New York Titans and the Houston Oilers. I bring him up because for a while there, he was statistically the best Texas high school quarterback to ever live. So his early life, he was born near Temple, Texas, the second son of James, a worker on the Santa Fe Railroad, and Lucy Bell. His parents later divorced, and his mother raised the three children. When he was 16, the family moved to Sweetwater, Texas, and he attended Sweetwater High School. Go Mustangs. As the quarterback of his high school football team, he would practice for hours throwing a football through a swinging automobile tire, often on the run. He also practiced punting more than throwing. However, he really wanted to become a professional baseball player and almost received a scholarship to play for Washington State University. About a month before he started at Washington State, however, he hurt his knee while sliding into second base during a game and the scholarship fell through. And so then he went, went to TCU, set a bunch of records, and went to the NFL. There you go. So yeah, he's like the original best Texas high school quarterback. The one you've never heard of. The one you've never heard of. That, that's like a good bar trivia question. Yeah, like who who was, who was the statistically first? the best? Yeah, yeah. Like he he was very good. I um, love I love the throwing the football through the tire. It's yeah. such a it's such a high school football movie thing. It, it like Varsity Blues, yeah. uh, Friday Night Lights, mm -hmm. Friday Night Lights, the TV show. Trying to think radio. of other radio. Remember the Titans. Um, heavyweights. There's the and moment. Yeah, there's where, I mean, it's moment. not Texas high school, but they sure, throw, but they throw, throw it through the, the tire. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just freaking crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. Texas football, guys. Texas football. It matters, I and, guess. Uh, <laughs> I guess we take a little bit of time to recognize the passing of somebody uh, back home in Andrews. Ah, uh, yes. Praise Lord Leland. Uh, Leland. Passed away a couple weeks ago mm -hmm. and was a mainstay in... Andrews football. He was a cornerstone of the community in the church. Yeah, uh, he was some of our best friends' uh, grandfather, mm -hmm. 
and uh, always had a hug and a handshake ready for you. Oh yeah, and uh, praise the Lord. Praise the yeah. Lord, Gunner. How the how the heck are you? How the heck doing are well, you? Elon? Well, praise the Lord. I don't think he missed a practice. He, dude. I even um, so he's the grandfather of Christian Wallace, yeah. Texas Monthly writer, uh, creator of the nationally famous podcast Boomtown. And there is an episode where he talks to Leland and yeah. uh, Leland's wife for a little bit. And they talk about how, like, to that day, and this was back in 2019, he would still wake up every morning during two-a-days and walk up to mm-hmm. the Mustang Bowl and just be just there. He would just, just watch there. practice. He would learn players' names. He knew everybody. Everybody knew him as Pops. Like, mm-hmm. it's just crazy to me that at that age, he was still, like, walking to the field and just watching everybody practice a true american hero for all of the right reasons yep and yep. i think that is a good transition into kind of what we we're going to talk about today yeah what is sacred and what is not mm-hmm. and what does sacred mean today what does sacred mean today so yeah this how did this you were talking about it with somebody else right i was with ri- juan right i was originally mm-hmm. talking about it with juan and because in my mind something that is sacred is only meant for you and either no one else, mm-hmm. you know, private, yeah. uh, or something that is sacred to you in a small group, inner circle, inner circle yeah. type stuff. Something there, that there doesn't that are sacred. Leave, and there can be different scales to this. Yeah, I would argue that for pops, that Friday night football was mm-hmm. sacred. Yeah, well, there was something special and not to be mm-hmm. tainted about mm-hmm. it. Something pure. Yeah, the handshake from Leland was, was sacred. sacred, especially when you were in high school. Especially like, when you're in high school, it was a sacred thing to mm-hmm. know and talk with him and introduce yourself to him. There's the thing about whenever you're playing football and you're on varsity and you aren't allowed to touch the grass mm-hmm. until a certain point. Yeah. There are these little sacred rituals mm-hmm. woven into the fabric of our society. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about this in various ways. I think I look at you and the way that you view running. Mm-hmm. Running is very sacred to yeah. you. Mm-hmm. It makes you angry yeah. whenever people don't respect the institution that it is. Mm-hmm. We were at the Leadville 100. There was a, a man who we will not name or point out. Mm-hmm. but he Nor would, will we point out the hat no, he was wearing. <laughs> no, no, we will not because um, I don't think he represented that. He did not. Actually, I'll say it. He was wearing BPN stuff. And, and, I, and I don't think that... I think if the BPN, you know, head honcho had mm-hmm. seen him behaving in the way he was behaving, I he, think he would have pulled, yeah. pulled his number. I think he would have pulled his number. I think he would have been like, you can't run. Well, we've now, we've met a lot of yeah. the BPN crew. They've been very kind and like have even shared some of our episodes. Yeah. Nicest, nice, so kind, nice, hardworking, hardworking, respectful. This guy was an asshole. He was, he was cutting up. He was being rude to people who were helping, who were volunteering. Yeah. He was being disrespectful to the stadium we were at. He was mm-hmm. throwing trash on the ground. Yeah, he was yelling at people for no reason. Like mm-hmm. it was like a caricature of some entitled frat douche. Yeah, who got really cool new American tattoos and works out and works out a lot. And I don't know this person. We we didn't meet because mm-hmm. I knew I would punch him in the face. Yeah. Well, if, I don't think anyone talked. No, to him. I don't. Th- I don't know if anybody did. So maybe he was having a bad day. I try and give grace to people. Maybe he was who nervous. I don't know. Maybe he was nervous. I've certainly been guilty of running my mouth when I'm nervous. Mm-hmm. God knows how I came across. Yeah. So I want to give him a little bit of grace, but from the outside looking in, it seemed as though he was disrespecting and making profane something that everybody else mm-hmm. in that location believed was sacred. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And that's why it stuck out, right? That's why it Every, stuck out. Everybody else that's in this 
on a football field watching yeah. this documentary, getting ready to go run the level 100, there was a there's reverence in the air. There's respect for one another in the air. There's a communal, mm-hmm. I, in a lot of ways, sacred things create community. There's a communal yes. nature to sacred things, and it's tantamount to a religious experience. Yeah, yeah. And it took one it took one person not viewing that day and that mm-hmm. experience as sacred to disrupt the purity of it. Yeah. Like that, that's what's wild is it only takes one person. Yeah. There's 600 plus of us that have the same posture Mm -hmm. and it took one person diverting a little bit from that to completely fracture and crack that energy and that feel and that collective feeling of what we're doing is sacred. What we're sharing is sacred. And part of why I did want to talk about this on our podcast is we make fun of Californians moving into Austin mm-hmm. a lot. A lot. It's a lot of fun to do. Well, we make fun of everybody. Right. Because it's fun. And obviously, we we are we are Texan at our core. We mm-hmm. welcome everybody with open arms. Yes. But there's this part of us that's like, come, mm-hmm. but assimilate into the culture. Yep. Bring what you bring, but respect what we have. Mm-hmm. Don't try and change everything. Yeah, and don't assume everything needs changing. Right. There are things that need changing. Absolutely. And there's a way we can change it. But don't come here and assume immediately that because you're here, you get to make it better now. Right. Learn the system. Mm-hmm. Respect it. Find your community. Yep. Find your sacred spaces. And then we can talk about what yeah. change looks like. And because I don't know. Leave your phone in your pocket <laughs> while you do it. Leave your phone in your pocket while you do it. <laughs> There, there's that, there is that part of that. Mm-hmm. And as Texans, I welcome everybody yeah. from out of state to move here and mm-hmm. make it a better state. Yeah. There's obviously things that we don't agree with going on in the political sphere mm-hmm. that do need changing. Yep. But screaming and yelling about it doesn't make it happen overnight. You have to band together mm-hmm. and decide what needs to happen moving yeah, forward. Yeah, we, we have to unify over certain values that... Mm-hmm. Frankly, this state was founded on some certain values that yeah. have made it so attractive and so gravitational to so many people. Yeah. In the midst of also messing up here a lot, not a lot. here and there, but a lot. A lot. But Texas That's part of it. Was, it's messy. was founded by a group of people who had values of family, of togetherness, of hard work, yeah. of grit. And part of my friend, shutting the fuck up and doing your job. Just putting your head down and yeah, doing, your, your, doing, and your, doing work. your job. And like that that's a thing. And I, to me, that is sacred. When it comes every dad used to tell me this, I'm sure he told you this. I don't care what you do, I don't care if you dig a ditch. Big, dig the best mm-hmm. effing ditch you can dig. Yeah. Respect the work that you're doing. Yeah. There's a reason you we are do not the po- above anything. The reason we do the podcast to the level we do it is because we were raised as Texans. If you're gonna do anything, do it with everything you got. Every give it a hundred percent. And don't complain about it. And so bouncing back to, you know, these sacred things, can we have sacred things in today's world? And if so, how do we maintain those spaces? I was I was going to use the example. We were talking to our buddy Luke and talking about going to Low Water Crossing. Yeah. One of the coolest, um, you had most, to say awesome, it on air. most awesome places. Mm-hmm. Well, I say it because whenever we went, you were like, this is completely overrun. This is mm-hmm. no longer what I remember it yeah. being. Well, y- it's it's a place that means a lot to me, yeah. and it means a lot to me and Jenny. Yeah. Um, we, a friend of mine from Austin that grew up here, grew up out way in North Austin on Steiner Ranch back when it was like, it was 30 minutes from downtown to Steiner Ranch, and there was nothing in between you. Mm-hmm. And 
he told me about low water crossing and he told me about it very hush hush like dude there's this place it's called low water crossing the water from like travis is shooting out into like austin it's frigid it's colder than barton springs it's awesome and this was in 2020 when me and jenny were like newly married and um covid was happening she was having to go through her clinical rotations and so we were not really we weren't seeing anybody because jenny was having to go out and i was working from home and that was that was the point in the pandemic where if you were in healthcare, you didn't see anybody because Mm -hmm. nobody wanted to see you and that that sucked in a lot of ways our community was sort of dispersed yeah but we went to low water crossing almost every weekend that summer and there was no one there. Sometimes there was, well, every time there was a, a family on our left or our right, like a huge barbecue. Um, it, it was a big Mexican family every yeah. time. It, that reminded me of home in a lot of ways. It reminded me of Andrews, of going to Flory Park or going to the, the Duck Pond. And there would always be a Mexican barbecue going on. And it would be me and her and that family. And there'd be no one else. The yeah. water was still. It was quiet. It was just a place of refuge and... And it was it was a sacred place, and that started this like, not a rite of passage, but a if we really love you, we'll, we'll take you, you, we'll yeah. show you, we'll take you there, and we will take you. Not like you're gonna meet us there, you're yeah, gonna we'll follow me, you. yeah, because I'm not sending you an address. Yeah. And so fast forward, um, like of course we're taking you there. So yeah. we go to Low Water Crossing, and you're immediately like, this is the coolest place yeah. ever. And so, you know, then we're at Squatch and your birthday's coming up. And I think, you know, what better way to do your birthday than have a barbecue at Low Water Crossing with the people in our inner circle. So we, we have people in our inner circle come together at Low Water Crossing, have a great... It was <laughs> some of the funniest moments we had. It was fun, yeah. And it was, it was a sacred moment. It was a, We were sharing something special. Mm-hmm. It was sacred. And then a few weeks later, we see a video of some of our friends that were there on Instagram with a drone. And that's fine. They're doing something that they love and that honestly is probably sacred to them. Right. And that's their right. But we had, I had a moment of- We felt violated. I felt, I felt crushed because to me, that is a sacred place. It was private. You don't take videos of that place. You don't share videos of that place. That is- a secret place and it's already getting overrun yeah it's getting it's being it's perversion it's like yeah it's okay <laughs> like whenever you feel that way about something mm-hmm. for it to change in that way is yeah. a perversion it is a corruption yeah it is profane mm-hmm. and, and i think that points to you know that's a microcosm yeah that's a I'm not using big words to sound smart No, here. but, but That's it is. The it's, word a, that it's a small example. It's a small example of, you know, when people say they don't like change or yeah. when, when change is happening and people who have been around mm-hmm. are upset by it. I think that does show it's not because they hate change on the whole. No. It's because you're literally perverting something that they viewed as pure. That was important to them. Like. That was sacred to them. Yeah. Like, it. it it's like if you had a diner you went yeah. to with your family growing up every Christmas. Like, think of how important that would be. Oh, absolutely. And then you come home for Christmas and you find out that they bulldoze the diner. You would be 
absolutely devastated. Like, you're not mad because the neighborhood is changing, mm -hmm. but you're mad that a byproduct of the neighborhood changing is the most important place in the world to you has been removed. You lost something that was, for you, mm -hmm. a sacred experience. And, and so so back to, you know, can we have sacred... This is a conversation of yeah. can we have sacred things anymore because yeah. it feels like sacred has been flipped on its head mm -hmm. if it's sacred you have to share it if yeah. it's sacred you have to talk about it like the more there's pressure to to expose these things mm -hmm. there <laughs> there's so much pressure there's there are uh, people railing against gatekeepers mm -hmm. and man i gotta say i think gatekeepers exist for a reason uh, yeah and i think sacred things exist for a reason mm -hmm. and i I personally don't believe that sharing about it makes it sacred I or makes it more sacred. Right. I actually believe it does the reverse, personally. And I think there's a way to do it right and a way to do it wrong. Yeah. I think had, in this particular situation with Low Water, had they just taken their friends there and enjoyed a day and shared some, like, pictures yeah. where you could, where you, we knew where they were, but nobody yeah. else did, mm -hmm. like, they didn't tag it. Mm-hmm it would have been a different thing, but right? But they tagged it. Right. And it was uh, a... And it was a whole production. It was a whole it production. Wasn't, it wasn't for us. Mm -hmm. Like, the pictures we took were for us. Yeah. You know, so to to share with them, to mm -hmm. to, to let them it was have a memory of the experience. But whenever you take something and make it commercial mm -hmm. for the purposes of promotion, it hurts a little bit. Yeah, well... It, it, it changes the nature of yeah, the thing. Yeah, one, it just... Sh it's that thing of, you know, I showed you something sacred yeah. and now you're showing me it's not sacred to, to you. you, which it, it which tells me that that you don't respect me or what's sacred, which, you or know, my values. Again, those friends, I didn't look at them and say, this is no. a sacred place. Don't talk about it. So in reality, they did nothing wrong. They did nothing wrong. But because of that dynamic, it violates. It violated something. It violated something. And it, you were with me when yeah. we saw it. I wanted to. I was angry. You were livid. I was livid, and I almost messaged them, and yeah. then I realized. We, like, I, we, I just talked you down. Yeah. Well, and you, I, you didn't say this, but it made me realize, like, I didn't look at those guys in the eyes and yeah. say, this is a sacred place. Don't yeah. share it. And if you had, they would have respected yeah. it. Yeah. And in reality, I texted um, them and invited them right. and shared a location. So to them, shareable place. Right. To, which is totally fine. Which means that part of keeping something sacred is on us. Yeah. Well, and how we introduce people and what we say about it, what mm -hmm. we, how we talk about and, it. And do we have to? Do we have to? And I don't think that we have to. And I also don't think that every, I don't think every sacred thing or everything that we hold dear needs to be kept under lock and key quite like that. Like, I think I, I love sharing things with people. I love mm -hmm. sharing experiences specifically. There's a couple of like, semi-secret bars that I go to and mm -hmm. one of my favorite things is taking people there. Yeah. Those spaces are not like are they're, not special. They're on Google. They're on Google. Yeah. You can find You can them. find it. But the the experience itself, mm -hmm. that's what's sacred to me yeah. is is allowing like you said, allowing you into the inner circle mm -hmm. and sharing this thing with you that's important to me mm -hmm. because I think you're also important to yeah. me. Yeah. And there's something about the joy, the transfer of joy there that is unbeatable mm -hmm. so i think there are some things that we can label sacred that are like that yeah sacred and, and shareable sacred and shareable way. and i think there are some things that are ritualized mm -hmm. that are that are truly sacred that are truly special and maybe we need to even redefine the words we're using or or use different words here there are some things that maybe you stress that don't get shared yeah i look at these experiences and i i almost don't even want it but we okay we go to Squatch. There mm -hmm. are a lot of people here who enjoy using things like ayahuasca, mm -hmm. and they call it medicine. 
or mother or mother which, which i don't the, even want to get as soon as i, I hear that wanna... if you're listening here from squatch if you refer to ayahuasca as mother i tune you out immediately yeah. i i think that there is a segment of society who has taken a sacred experience and and made it profane yeah they've monetized it they've created these journeys and trips mm-hmm. about mental healing and i don't know because I, I would have to parse out the exact impact of this, but mm-hmm. I don't know that that's a good thing for the native population. I it's don't know not. That, I don't know that's a good. I don't know that it's a good thing for the actual drug itself. Yeah. I, I don't know that it's even good for the people who partake in those things because you see it blasted all over social media, all over fitness mm-hmm. influencers pages. Aaron Rodgers is talking all about it. <laughs> good on him for bringing yeah. mental awareness, mm-hmm. you know, to the forefront. Sure. I don't know that I agree that He's you also, should be sharing this this thing that I think a lot of people view as sacred. Yeah, with everybody as something that you just go do. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's it's hard to fight the thought that you know we didn't know what ayahuasca yeah. was until a white person found it. Right, and, and it, like that, and I don't like saying that, but it's hard not to think it. As far as and there's and this is where I start getting a Western. This person gets really great, right? Yeah. Because I love. White food people. from different cultures and white people. <laughs> uh, I love I love white people. Yeah. I love food from different cultures. Mm-hmm. And there is, like with everything, if you take this too far, it becomes we are so siloed and and cut off mm-hmm. from everybody that there's no cross cultural transfer. Yeah. How crappy would the world be if I wasn't allowed to cook Chinese food because I'm not Chinese? It'd be crappy, but at the same time, we're pretty cross-cultural right now, and everything sucks, so... You know, I would argue that not everything sucks, but it's the allowance of it. I I believe in a free world. Mm -hmm. I believe in choosing to do things because you are interested in them. I think that nobody should stop you from learning about Mm -hmm. those things, but here's the key. I think you should dedicate yourself to learning it correctly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you. if it's something, if it's foreign territory, literally... It is not your task or your job, and really you just shouldn't because it's sacred. Yeah. Dip your toes in the water and then go tell the world you found the Pacific Ocean. Right. You should swim all the way out into the Pacific Ocean until you find land somewhere else and then shut up. Like, honestly, let other people find it, but you don't... That's what gets at me is why... The reason I feel like nothing is really sacred anymore is anyone who even has an inkling of a sacred experience... Yeah. shares about it and it's almost like this competition to sure. share it first out share and over share. even down to like i'm in therapy now yeah i'm not going to get on my podcast and talk about therapy no even though it seems like most people's podcasts today are founded on the fact that Talking they're sharing about, about their own self-healing about their self it's it's crazy how big the ego gets when it begins to deflate for these people seriously um, and there is a question of how far do you go? How much do you share to help an audience? And what do you keep for yourself? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's the thing, right? I don't think those people, they say they're trying to help their audience. Yeah. They're just trying to sound good. Sure. They're not helping shit. They, I refuse to believe that anybody listens to Aaron Rodgers saying mm-hmm. he did ayahuasca and they walk away like a better person or knowing they just heard him talk about ayahuasca, right. but he feels like he's helping people. So he feels good. Yeah. That's fine, but I don't know. I just, I'm optimistic usually, but on this topic specifically, I'm very like, this is the stuff that makes me want to move to the woods, have a family, yeah. and never see anybody because yeah. at least then it can be sacred. At least then you have your group, your unit, mm-hmm. and you know that these things are safe. Yeah, exactly. I, I can't help but think about, um, I can't help but think about like Prometheus bringing fire to people. 
there is a truth that bringing knowledge to the forefront is important. It's part of what drives our society forward, and mm-hmm. it's part of what connects people. It's part of is, progress. Is sharing things. Yeah. And so the whole question here is, what is okay to share and what is not okay to share? <sighs> I don't know that I have the answer. And, you know, there probably isn't one. Probably. I really, I mean... I'm me, so I have opinions, yeah. and they're pretty strong. Um, yeah, that is you. I really do believe that if it was a transformational experience, mm-hmm. or if if it w- if it's a place that's special to you, if it's a place that's special to you, or yeah. a ritual that's special to you, I think the more special to you it is, the less you really want to share it, yeah. because because you don't want it to be tainted. There are absolutely places that I won't tell people about. Yeah. I'll only take You hear to. Ari Shafir yell at Burt Kreischer about this all the time. Like, mm-hmm. don't say the name of the restaurant. Uh, Anthony Bourdain, right? Yeah, Wasn't Anthony he in Bourdain. a restaurant one time and he said, I don't want to say the name of this place yeah. because it will ruin it. I will not tell it. you the name because it will ruin it. There, In his book, he, he's got one or two instances of talking about a place he goes and mm-hmm. refusing to give the name because he did once mm-hmm. and it ruined it. Ru- and it ruined the owner's life. Mm-hmm. It ruined... I... So... So what is the what is the line? Because those are big examples of mm-hmm. famous people. Yeah, and there's also devil's advocate on the flip side. If you go to a, like a restaurant and it's amazing, and you have power mm-hmm. and share that information, you can transform a family's life from getting by in the family business mm-hmm. to franchising to growing to bringing wealth and awareness to that place. Mm-hmm. Devil's advocate, devil's advocate, more sure. money, more problems. True, more money, more problems. What, what but if they were actually more happy when barely anybody knew about them? I mean, we're talking about happiness versus, versus you know, prosperity, <laughs> right? Money only solves money problems. That's yeah. something that we know to be true. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to say more money, more problems when you have enough money. Mm-hmm. It's a, I, I really wish there was a right answer to like... I wish there was. I don't know that there what is. What do you share and what do you not share? I, I, think ju- it, I just wish people would put their phone up for five seconds. I sure. think at the end of the day, I just... I think if it's a personal thing, like... Yeah. If it's therapy or ayahuasca or a conversation you have with your wife, shut up, don't share it. That's sure. personal and it's sacred. There's like... Theoretically, um, there there's a <laughs> social scientist... There's like three circles of awareness that mm-hmm. you have in relationships. Yeah. There's your inner circle, mm-hmm. and that's maxed out at, you know, a couple people. Really three, right? Pretty much, like yeah. three to five. There's like three to five people who can be your confidants, mm-hmm. your closest yeah. your closest friends, your wife, your mom, your dad. Like those, yeah. are, those are the people we're talking about. The, out, the, the middle circle, and that's your, most of your friend group is in, mm-hmm. your, is in your middle circle, mm-hmm. and then you've got all your acquaintances. Tertiary friends. Yeah, these are people that you know through work yeah. or by happenstance. Mm-hmm. You know their names and something about them, but you're not going to share mm-hmm. your revelation that you had in therapy with them. Yeah. You'll share it with your wife. Yeah, oh, 100%. So I think maybe there are three levels of sacred. Yeah, okay, all right. Social scientist. Social scientist. Uh, so, right. so what's the inner layer? The inner layer is just for you. Mm-hmm. That is between me and God. Mm-hmm. This is sacred for me. Yeah. I will not share this with anybody. And Maybe, I feel like you know those moments. Like, I feel in, like you do. And that, I think we were made for the sacred in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. Because I'm thinking of 10 moments right now that I have had on my own yeah. that I will not tell anybody. There, not cause, just because it's like, that's mine. It's mine. It's it's protected. It's It's pure. <laughs> And to tell somebody would be to corrupt that truth. Mm-hmm. I think you have your middle circle, 
And these are the experiences, the places, mm-hmm. the thoughts, the the ritualized mm-hmm. communities that you can share with a few people. Yeah. Your trusted people. Mm-hmm. The people you know won't go out and post these things on social media. Mm-hmm. This is the... The people know, I trust to keep their phone in their pocket when we're there. Right. Those types of things. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the last circle of sacred, which mm-hmm. is, this is important, um, but maybe we even need a different word to describe it. It's important, it's but it can even be silly. Like, it can be silly. Waffle House would, with my friends at 2 a.m. Yeah. is sacred, but, but also I'm next to a table of other friends at 2 a.m., so yeah. clearly this isn't a well, secret. Well, I, w- I would say Leadville. Like, going to yeah. Leadville, that was sacred, mm-hmm. but it is a public event. You, you know... You can you can you sign up for sign it. Sign up for it. Yeah. You can do it. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's nothing stopping you as a, from as example of who we yeah. just talked about. Anyone can be there. Yeah. So, and I specifically mean those types of events, those types of places, mm-hmm. those types of experiences. That there's a little bit of buy-in, mm-hmm. but there's no gatekeeping. Yeah. There's no there's nobody keeping you out saying you can't join because of this. Yeah. You have to get in, mm-hmm. but there's nobody stopping. Yeah. You. And it, I mean, even things like a national park, right? Yeah. There, exactly. If there's a tree stump in Yosemite that means the world to you, mm-hmm. you almost have to accept the reality that one, it probably means the world to somebody else, yeah. so you got to share it. Or two, Four Seasons could buy that plot of land for the national parks and tear it down in a year. Yeah. Like you almost have to. There's that third realm of like you kind of have to accept that it's sacred to you, but it really could be meaningless to everybody, everybody else. else. And I, lo- I like that level of sacred. Mm-hmm. And I, I think these are incomplete thoughts. We are not philosophers. Uh, we you know we haven't read as deeply as our we, friend we, Noah. We, uh, <laughs> we have never been accused of being philosophers. Right. Uh, or intelligent. Or um, scientists. But somehow we ended up next to the Huberman yeah, lab exactly. the other day. Shouts hey, out. Uh, shout out to Huberman for liking Texas Podcast. We appreciate um, you, sir. The unofficial sponsor, Andrew Huberman. <laughs> He gives us no money. Yeah, but he Only does. Clout. He does give us clout, he got, he which does is give us more clout. than social scientists and the Dallas Cowboys. I'm give gonna, us. I'm gonna keep saying it. We're his favorite podcast yeah. until we're corrected. In- until he says otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. And I, you know, I, I thought about not sharing that because it felt kind of special. Mm-hmm. But that was one of those third circle yeah, sacreds it's like, where it's like. This is really cool, mm-hmm. and I want to share it with all the people who follow us. Yeah, exactly. And it made sense to do so. Mm-hmm. I think everybody has different lines with that, and like I said, I think maybe, I think maybe the word "sacred" has been corrupted in some mm-hmm. ways. Oh, and, for sure. And we've come far afield of what it really is. Mm-hmm. I think about Dad talking about running to Austin and everybody writing down their Shiner order and yeah. how much they wanted, yeah, and yeah. how special it mm-hmm. was to get it in San Angelo. Mm-hmm. And I think, like you said earlier, as things change, we're not opposed to change. We just feel a little violated. Yeah. And it takes some time to get over that emotionally yeah. so mm-hmm. that we can move on. And we do have to, you ha- I think there's a level of responsibility and mm-hmm. of, of owning, rea- realizing reality of all these things that are sacred to me can be taken away mm-hmm. because that's just the world I that's live in. the world you live I in. I can't guard it. I can't protect it. I can't. Which, I, is, which is why there are things that are sacred to you that will never be shared with anybody. Yeah, because because nobody can take those away. Exactly. What uh to 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 land the plane? Let's, yeah, yeah. Let's land this sacred plane. Sacred How many plane. times can we say sacred in one? Sacred podcast? airlines, not secret. Uh, sacred. Sacred airlines. Um, I did. I like. I have a few sayings that I've made in life that mm-hmm. I just sort of said and realized I'm going to say that often throughout yeah. the. 
And a really good friend of mine the other day, you know, shared some very personal stuff. And he texted me later, as most people usually do in those sure. situations. Hey, that's between you and me. Yeah. Um, and I sent back, hey, what you told me is not secret, but it is sacred. Yeah. And that's my way of saying, like, of course I'm not going to share that. Because yeah. it's sacred. That's not a secret, but it is sacred. sacred. And that it's a deeper level. Um, yeah. I like that saying. That's yeah, nice. Appreciate it. I also yeah, end all my job. prayers with uh, God, whether it's in plenty or poverty, I will praise you. It's one I, every day. Um, anyway. All of these are very alliterative. I appreciate the... <laughs> it's, I have a, like, even when I journal in the mornings or I write poems, yeah, yeah. I find myself, like, if I have a line where it's, like, is that what it is in alliteration where it's, like, four words start with S? Yeah. So the next line, four words have to start with S. So I've, I've got one that I use sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think you heard it recently for the first time. Love is transformational, not transactional. Yes. Great, by the way. Love that one. Um, <laughs> what is the most sacred thing you have experienced that you're willing, yeah, to, willing share? to share? Uh, Meaning it's in the second level. Don't, I don't even want you to think about your first level and try and oh, share no, that. No, no, I won't do anything like that. Um, there's a couple, but the one that's popping into my head right now for whatever reason mm-hmm. is, um, there was in Japan, uh, went with dad mm-hmm. for, you know, to see Richie at one point. Mm-hmm. And there was this, um, there was this restaurant we went to where they cooked everything in front of you, mm-hmm. but they they gra- they were up on like a stage, yeah. and there's a grill surrounding them like a moat, mm-hmm. and they would grab food with these paddles and mm-hmm. put it on the grill and then pick it up and, and yeah. just kind of pop it on And the way plate. y'all describe it, it sounds like they were 20 feet away yeah, from Yeah, they, they were pretty yeah. far away. Um, And I just remember uh, it was like, we must have gone early because mm-hmm. it was really just us. Yeah. And he plops this uh, this just whole crab in front mm-hmm. of me, and everybody's looking at me, and they're like, are you going to eat it? you got to eat it whole. Yeah. So I pop it in my mouth and just kind of crunch it up and chew. <laughs> and that little moment of, mm-hmm. I think that is the moment I fell in love with what food can be mm-hmm. and what it is beyond just taste. Yeah. Experiencing the joy of trying something new, mm-hmm. of somebody sharing something with me that they enjoyed. Yeah. And watching a completely different culture get to share mm-hmm. something as well. So there, there was so much exchange of joy and sharing and experience that I, I think that was for me sacred. Mm-hmm. And I'm willing to, you know, I'm willing to talk about yeah. that because I, I think it was just really, it was really a great cool. experience. And I, you know, there, there's a couple others, right? Mm-hmm. Like hiking in glacier yeah. and eating pizza. And jumping uh, in the lake. And jumping in the lake. That was <laughs> that was truly special to me. Yeah, making and everybody I laugh. I was more than willing to share that. But yeah. it, it's something I look at as sacred. Mm-hmm. I don't want that experience to be corrupted in some yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? Uh, the the one that is all, that like as you were even describing, you know, the three levels. The the one in the second level that like really sticks out. Um, and it's one of those. It's very on. It's very silly, but it, it, it always makes me smile when I think of it. And it's mm-hmm. one of those moments in life that if I think about it, I feel like I'm there. Yeah. Um, but it was on our honeymoon. Um, oh, yeah. Not, <laughs> that's what's funny about it is it's yeah. not one of those moments. Yeah. Um, but it was like our second night on our honeymoon. So literally our second night yeah. married, um, or I guess our third night married. Um, we were at like this little condo place in Kauai and the restaurant we were going to be eating at that night that we had reservations at was a mile away, just mm-hmm. down the road. And as much as me and Jenny don't drink, we got pretty tipsy and decided to walk from the condo to the restaurant. Mm-hmm. 
but there wasn't a sidewalk. We were just walking, walking on the, the shoulder of the road. Super tipsy. The air was perfect. The sun was going down. And we were just laughing. Yeah. Like, just just laughing, stumbling down the road to dinner. And, like, that's one of those moments that, I'm, that if I think about it, it takes me back there and it makes me smile. And it was just a great moment. Um, so, yeah. That yeah. very, very, very sacred moment. I love that. Yeah. And um, for all our listeners, I pulled the three sacred circles out of my butt. Uh, that is something I thought of in the moment. <laughs> and I just happened to like it and think it makes sense. And it, in reality, is probably silly. It's and probably silly. And it's we're probably two white guys on a podcast talking about getting a nothing, little philosophical. Getting a little philosophical. We're out of our depth, but... This is sacred to me. <laughs> this podcast is sacred. Yeah. Um, so thank you for listening. And if you're enjoying what you're listening to, screenshot this episode right now. Share it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Give us a tag. If you haven't left us a review, go leave us a review. Hit five stars. We're running out of stickers. So if you want one, make sure you DM, DM, DM us your us. address so that we can share those with you. If you're in Austin or in Chicago... And you see a sticker out in the wild, take a picture, take of, a picture us. of it. Tag us there. We really appreciate you guys. We got some really cool things in the works that we can't wait to share with you all. And yeah, even if there's something kind of sacred to you that you want to share with us that yeah. we can share with our audience, go for it. If this episode pissed you off, chill if out. If you disagree with us 100%, let us know. Let us know, unless your opinions are so sacred you can't share them. Yeah. Anyway, we appreciate all of you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Bye, y'all.